helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, The Relevance of the Easter Story to the Pandemic. Yes, we are going to be applying the Easter story to the crisis that our world finds itself in as we deal with this virus that is claiming thousands of lives worldwide. Maybe you are dealing with a loss of income as a result of this pandemic and you're wondering how you're going to provide for yourself and your family or Perhaps you have lost a loved one to this disease or you are worried about your own ability to survive this pandemic. Maybe you have been struggling with mental illness that have been exacerbated by the pandemic. Or maybe you're beginning to lose hope about the future and feeling like this crisis will never be over. Whatever is your circumstance, this show will speak to you and give you hope. If you're new to this show, I want to thank you for joining us on the air today. And I want to let you know that you can find out more about us by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And As usual, we take a biblical perspective as we discuss the different topics that we do on this show. So today, we're talking about the Easter story, and I'm going to be reading a couple of passages about the Easter story. The first is from John 19, verse 25 to 27, which reads as follows. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his So I want to pause here before I read the second scripture and to point out something that I think jumps jumps out at me from this passage. So picture this scene. You have Jesus on the cross. He's been mocked. He's been crucified. He's in terrible pain. His life is flowing from his body as his blood flows to the ground. And in the midst of that, in the midst of this scene, this gruesome scene, he looks at his mother and he's thinking about her well-being. He's not caught up in the crisis so that he's thinking only about himself. He's already thinking about his mother and her future. And he's making plans for her. He's saying to this disciple, the disciple, the unnamed disciple who is just known in scripture as the disciple that Jesus loved. He's saying, take care of my mother. 
And I want to use this scripture to say today that in the midst of this crisis, Jesus is focused on you as an individual. He has not forgotten you. This didn't happen by chance. He's thinking of you and he's already making plans for your future. The second passage is Mark 15, verse 31 to 33, and it reads as follows. In the same way, the chief priests and scribes mocked him among themselves, saying, He saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, so that we may see and believe. And even those who were crucified with him berated him from the sixth hour until the ninth hour darkness came over all the land. So what jumps out at me from this second passage is that last statement that there was darkness from the sixth hour until the ninth hour. That's roughly from 12 noon until 3 in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. Now, why is the author telling us about this darkness? You see, darkness in Scripture speaks of tremendous evil. It also speaks of calamity. It also speaks of uncertainty. So the author is telling us that there is this uncertainty. There is this, there is this calamity that has come up on the, the then world and so that it's affecting the, the very cosmos that there is darkness on the land. And so we are going through a time in our world where there is a great calamity, a worldwide, a pandemic that is affecting countries across the globe. And this pandemic is causing a lot of chaos and a lot of evil in our world. But I want you to know that just as the cross didn't happen by chance and that it wasn't out of God control, I want to remind you here that God is still in control. So today I want to speak to specific points, maybe four specific points about the Easter story as we tie it to the pandemic that is happening today. And the first the first point that I want to emphasize is that the Easter story represents a crisis. This great darkness that is over the land could be applied to our situation today. Just as there was darkness that came over, and this darkness, as I said before, spoke of calamity, there is, there is a, a calamity that is, has befallen our planet. And the calamity that we see in Scripture is this crisis that has been created, where there's a lot of moving parts as we read the Easter story, a lot of things that are happening. People have to, people are being confronted with this calamity and have to make decisions as to how will they act in light of what is happening. So this crisis that our world finds itself in is also putting us in that situation where we have to choose how we will act in the midst of the crisis. Going back to the Easter story, I'll give you a few examples of what I mean by having to make choices. 
Pilate, for example, had to decide whether or not he was going to convict a man that he knew was innocent. Pilate, if you read the story, knew that Jesus was innocent. His wife, the night before, had a dream that Jesus was an innocent man and told him as much. So Pilate is faced with this crisis where he has to decide, how will I act in the midst of this crisis? And he is trying to Pass the buck to the Jewish people by giving them a choice. I don't want to make that decision. So I'm going to give it to a group of people. I don't want this to be personal, a personal decision. I'm passing it over to this group of people to decide. And he's hoping that as they decide, he will be able to wash his hands of making a personal decision in the midst of the crisis. But to his surprise, when he gave the the choice to the Jewish people to choose between Barabbas and Jesus, as the custom was in those days, that they would choose to release a criminal, one criminal each year. And so uh, Pilate is given to the Jews this choice, release one of these, Jesus or Barabbas. And he's certain in his mind that they're going to say, okay, you know, Jesus is a good man who have healed many people and he has done many wonderful things. So, you know, he, he w- they would decide to free Jesus and he would not have to make that decision himself. But instead, they cho- chose Barabbas. And so Jesus was crucified. Pilate was still stuck with that decision of crucifying an innocent man. So crisis, the crisis that we're in is presenting us with opportunities as to, with a a decision, I should say, as to how we will act in the midst of the crisis. Peter was also faced with a decision to make in the midst of the crisis. He had a tough decision to make. Was he going to admit that he was a disciple and risk dying, or was he going to deny and survive? We know from the scriptures that Peter chose to deny. His mother's, his mother, friends, and the disciple that Jesus loved had to look helplessly as life flowed from the body of Jesus in drops of blood that kept falling to the ground like a broken pipe, and they could do nothing. They stood there helplessly. They were caught in the middle of this crisis, and they felt powerless and hopeless. So crisis not only presents us with the the decision as to how we're going to act in the midst of the crisis, but it also presents us with this feeling of powerlessness. So maybe you're listening to this show today and this pandemic has left you feeling powerless. Let me tell you that despite the fact that you might be powerless to change the situation, you still have decisions that you can make. Decisions as to how you are going to, what you are going to do to cope in the midst of this crisis. And last week we did a show on how to cope with distress where we outlined practical tips as to how to cope in the midst of, of, a, of this 
pandemic. And if you have missed this show, I suggest that you go to our YouTube channel and you listen to this show because there are things that you can do. There are ways that you can act while you're in this pandemic that is going to help you to come out of this better, fearing better, fearing better than if you did not take the steps that we talked about in that show. The Easter story is also about broken dreams. The disciples had dreams of ruling in the kingdom of Christ. In one passage, we are told that James and John came to Jesus requesting that they would sit at his right hand in the kingdom when he established the kingdom. So they thought that there was going to be this earthly kingdom. Jesus was going to be king and they wanted to, 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 to get this position in the kingdom. So they had this dream in their minds, this dream that has now been shattered by the crucifixion of Jesus. Like those shattered dreams of the disciples, this pandemic has shattered the dreams of many people. Maybe you had a business that was going very well and you had dreams and plan as to how much money you're going to make in the future and, and your financial security, that the financial security that you were going to have. But now because of this pandemic, those dreams have been broken. We know that the disciples, some of them had left lucrative businesses to be with Jesus. And, and James and John, who was asking, who, who asked for this position in the kingdom, they left their father lucrative fishing business to follow Jesus. And now, when their dreams have been shattered because of his death on the cross, they must have been thinking, we made a bad decision. Now, what will we do? We are told in the story that some of them went back to fishing afterwards. So, this, this, this pandemic has broken the dreams of many people. Maybe it's dream of things that you would be doing this summer that can no longer be done. Maybe you have saved up for years for this special uh, retirement uh, vacation that you would have, and now that dream has been shattered. Maybe you had dream of a relationship with someone who has passed away or become sick as a result of the pandemic, and that dream has been shattered. Maybe you had plans to spend last moments with your aging parents, but because of the pandemic, you can no longer see those parents and you realize that there is the possibility that you may never see them again because of this pandemic. The Easter story is about broken dreams. It's about crisis. It's about broken dreams. If you have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and today's show is about the relevance of the Easter story to the pandemic. You can find out more about us by going to our website, elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. You can also call us at one 844 
0844-444-6646. We would be happy to hear from you. So we are talking about the relevance of the Easter story. When we said the Easter story, the first point is that the Easter story represents a crisis. And we are going through a crisis today because of this pandemic. And we said that crisis presents us with opportunities, with decision as to how we are going to act in the midst of that crisis. And it also presents us, gives us this feeling of powerlessness. And But there are things that we can do so that we do not fall apart in the midst of that crisis. The third point is that the Easter story is about death and, and the dying. So we have Jesus on this cross. He's dying. The pandemic that has come into our world, every day we hear these numbers of people, young and old, who uh, who have died as a result of this pandemic. So it creates this this. Uh, this preoccupation with death, this the death seems very present and and around us every day. The this, the the crucifixion was also about death taking center stage. So that passage that we read about earlier about Jesus being crucified and his mother Mary being there at the foot of the cross and the disciple that he loved being there and other family members being there as well. You can just picture that death is center stage because they know that Jesus would die and they had to be there at the cross watching this play out. The Easter story is about death. And when someone dies, it's also the death of a relationship. It's also the death of of plans. It's also the death of things that we once did with this person. And so this story of the Easter story is about death. But the Easter story doesn't stop there. The fourth point that I want to make today is that the Easter story is about hope. The Easter story is about hope. When I was a young boy and would hear this term, Good Friday, and they would read these sad stories in church, I was confused. I couldn't understand why this was a Good Friday. I thought to myself, they should call this Bad Friday or Gruesome Day or something like that. But Good Friday, it just made no sense. But as I understood more of the Bible, as I grew older and understood more of the Bible, I understand that the main message of the Easter story is this, is that it is a story of hope. Let me say that from a psychological perspective, hope has been said to be the most important determination of a person's well-being. C.S. Snyder published the book, The Psychology of Hope. So the book is called The Psychology of Hope. You can get there from here. And Snyder is this pioneer in the in the field of research. And he defined hope as a motivational construct that allows one to believe in positive outcomes, conceive of goals, develop strategies, and muster the motivation to implement them. The opposite of hope is to throw up your hands in despair and say, this is it. I, I, 
I am, I am overcome with this circumstance. But as we go through this pandemic, we should remember that the Easter story is about hope. And if in the midst of that gruesome death of Jesus, Jesus was already looking to the future, planning for his mother, as we said before, then let us be remembered that the, the Easter story didn't end with the death of Jesus. There was a resurrection a few days after. So that is the story. The, the Easter story is that it is Friday. It's Good Friday. And things look hopeless. Things seem as if they're out of control. But Sunday is just around the corner. And I want to say to you, my listeners today, that this pandemic seem as if it's going to be going on forever. But our Sunday is coming. This might be our Good Friday, this pandemic, but Sunday is coming. And there is going to be a day when you look back and you can look back at this and realize that I made it and things weren't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I can't stress enough the importance of not losing hope. Professor Anthony Scolia, professor of psychology at Keene State College in New Hampshire and the author of The Power of Hope, did a study in which he used a sample of 75 people between the ages of 18 to 65. And in this study, he found that having a high level of hope was the most powerful predictor of well-being. So as we go through this pandemic, it's important for us to turn to our faith uh, if that gives us hope and to continue to use our faith to cope. It's also important for us to turn to passages in the Bible or other writings that can give us motivation and hope. And in that vein, I want to uh, read from uh, Easter Meditation by Pastor S.M. Lockridge, pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in San Diego. And he was a pastor from 1953 to 1993. And it's a very powerful uh, meditation, in fact. It's Friday. Jesus is praying Peter is sleeping, Judas is betraying, but Sunday is coming. It's Friday. Pilate is struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying, but they don't even know that Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns. But they don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walk into Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirit burden. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning and evils grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nail my Jesus' hands to the cross. They nail my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raise him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. 
It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king, and the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday, hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered, and Satan just a laughing. It's Friday, Jesus is buried, and soldiers stand guard, and a rock rolled into place. But it's Friday. It's only Friday, Sunday's coming. That's a very powerful meditation by Pastor, Pastor, the name again, Pastor S.M. Language of, Pas- of Calvary Baptist Church. And I think we should keep in mind as we go through this pandemic that it's only Friday, but Sunday is coming. Whatever you are going through, I encourage you not to lose hope. We serve a God who can take the worst of circumstances and turn it into something beautiful. That's the message of the cross. That's the Easter story. The crucifixion that looked like the ultimate injustice, the greatest of tragedy, and the most resounding defeat has changed history for better and is now giving hope to millions throughout the world. In a few years from now, many of us will look back and see the marvelous ways in which God has used this pandemic to better our lives and to bring about his purposes on this planet. So I encourage you, do not lose hope. It's only Friday. If you have missed our last show, How to Cope with Distress, I suggest that you listen to it as it gives many practical tips on how to cope as you go through these very stress-inducing times. You can find this by accessing our YouTube channel through our website, elimcounselingministry.com. I want to remind you that we have over 200 shows on our YouTube channel that covers a wide range of issues. These shows are all available free of cost. We also want to remind you of an, of an initiative that we have to provide counseling to low-income frontline workers, and many of these cannot people cannot afford to pay for counseling. And as much as we would like to provide free counseling for everyone, we can't do so and still meet our overheads, pay our professional therapists. So we're asking you to help us in this initiative by making a donation. If you haven't made a donation to our ministry as yet, we ask that if you are benefited from this ministry and if you like this podcast, that you consider making a donation. You can donate by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. You can also become a monthly sponsor of our show for as little as $5 monthly by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash ELM counseling. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And again, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Life Transformation Show and remind you that as you go through this pandemic, 
Your faith is a great resource that can help you to cope. Many of the psychological studies that have been done shows that discipline such as prayer and Bible reading, reading comfortable passages of scripture can help you to cope with this pandemic. So until next time, I want to thank you for listening and I want to pray God's protection over you and your family and pray that God would bless you and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.